This week in Scatterbrain, we talk about realism and gaming, how people consume video game related media, and Blitzball. Scatterbrain, the podcast about video games and a lot of other stuff. I'm your co-host, Ant-Man, and along with me is the best Canadian in the world, at least that I know of, Carson. You, you don't know of that many Canadians, though, but thank you. Hello. Well, not to your knowledge, but no, you're right. You're the true. only one. <laughs> so yeah, this is episode one. So this is, I mean, we already did episode zero, the pilot. You know, and and episode negative one, negative one. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> so this is kinda, episode one. So we're good. Yeah, just discard. You got you got to roll roll with those punches. Well, you know, it's like as we're going forward, like we're kind of figuring out hey, how to do it. Like like any good video game, when things don't go your way, you load a quick save. Yeah. Oh yeah. Save scum. And, yeah. And that's what we've done. Yeah. We, uh, so what are you? Uh, what yeah. are we talking about today? Um, gosh, I I kind of just want to jump in to the yeah. thing that I want you to talk oh, about. Yeah. Um, Hit me with it. I actually I sent you a message about it before, but you didn't say anything, which made oh, me very which sad. Message? Which message? It's about how America is getting a blitzball arena. Oh not. god, I didn't I skipped over it. I did not notice. <laughs> you didn't see that? No. Go look up I, the Las Vegas sphere. Just search for that. Las Vegas sphere. Concept for Las Vegas. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> not actually Blitzball, but that's immediately what it made me think of. Well, actually there's a Kotaku article that uh was basically you know, we're getting a Blitzball Arena, or at least oh my what god, looks like it's one. a huge seven hundred and seventy thousand square foot LED screen that wraps around the interior bowl of the sphere. Whoa! You know what it actually makes me think of? It makes me think of the thing in um in Episode Three in Star Wars Episode Three. Because when I say episode anything, obviously I'm talking about Star Wars and the prequels. Yeah. And I know how much you love the prequels, but uh, in Episode Three, they're better than all of them. But it's fine. I don't know about that. I don't think. I don't think they deserve. I mean, admittedly, to you know. Are we fighting already? No, 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 no. I was, I was gonna give you some slack. I was gonna say, admittedly, I think they get more hate than they deserve. But yeah. But what it makes me think of is that scene in episode three where like Palpatine and I guess the rest of the, I don't know, the people are like in the Senate chambers mm -hmm. and there's just like that crazy laser light show going on yeah that makes me think of this i i just want to say that i'm reading this article on kotaku and the first comment is by some guy named eric van allen and he says if only blitzball was actually fun to play in the game itself how <laughs> dare you 
How dare you? It's the only reason to play that game. You know, I I played Final Fantasy X when it well, I rented it when it came out. Yep. I honestly was renting games. A big fan of it. Um Oh god. I miss being a child and having my parents let me rent games. Okay, that's true. <laughs> I mean nowadays, like I wouldn't you know, it's I'm an adult and I can make educated decisions and we have so much information at our hands that, you know, you basically know what you're getting into. So I'm just like, I'm either going right. to buy it or I won't. And it's like, right. But I, I don't, I, that's so cool though. I like that idea. Like a giant kind of spherical screen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what it would be like to see something on that. Like, I don't even know what you would, see maybe maybe it would just be like the thing in episode three they're just like playing music or whatever and you're just looking at this awesome like show and it said something about like kind of like how sounds and lights and stuff kind of go out into the crowd as well mm -hmm. um, like i know they kind of do that with movies too these days although i've never done one of those but yeah i think it would be cool. interesting you see it more in so there's like yeah in las vegas as well it's like edc the electric daisy carnival a friend of mine went last year it's this huge like electronic dance music festival and it's like literally in uh, it's las vegas so it's in the middle of the desert you have to take a shuttle out to it yeah but they have these like it's just like wrap around stages this huge almost 360 degree stage circle around the area where people are and she said that at any time you could just like look and it was just fireworks always overhead lights everywhere and it's just like it's not the reason why you go, but it changes. It's so definitely a more immersive experience for like a concert or something like that. And I could definitely see kind of like a, like a, a Scott Pilgrim versus the world band <laughs> battle yeah. in like that. You know what I mean? Like two bands kind of facing off and there's just like graphics going around this sphere around people. I feel like that'd be like super cool. That would actually be really cool. I yeah. I like that movie a lot, the Scott Pilgrim movie. Oh, super good. Yeah. It's actually really they, good. They, t they tied in, like, the video game references and stuff. Like, the nuances weren't over the top, per se. Like, in some points they were, but, like, it was really tied in well to it. It was really yeah. well done. Yeah. I think it, it did the, the graphic novels, you know, justice mm -hmm. decently well. But, yeah, you did. So, you brought up Blitzball. Well, I brought up. <laughs> blitzball i guess but then you're, I'll, you know, I'll talk about blitzball any anytime because when i saw this article and i saw them talk about blitzball you know and i thought about you and i know about how much you love blitzball yes i don't care for blitzball that much but i also think it's probably the best part of final fantasy 10 yeah probably but you know it got it it got me thinking about just mini games and like jrpgs mm-hmm and then it kind of got me thinking about mini games in just well other genres as well. Okay. So, why do you like Blitzball so much? Is it just because of how that mini game works on its own, or do you like how it's a diversion from the story of Final Fantasy X? Does it have like anything else to do with the game itself, Final Fantasy X, or is it just Blitzball? You just love That's... Blitzball that's funny because i've never actually thought about it that in depth i just re remember loving blitzball i do remember never beating the game yeah neither did i i i was on the airship 
um, about to fight Sin, I think. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> can we do that from this format? How long um, ago was this game? Yeah, out? I know, right? And all I remember is not being able to beat the final boss, but I was stuck on the airship and I couldn't play Blitzball. And because like there's no <laughs> there's no like terminal to play blitzball on the ship yeah but i couldn't progress past where i was and and i just remember i was like well this game is dead to me i guess because like it just there wasn't anything else for me the mini games in that well, i because think I... it was i think it was just the it was tied into the story kind of like right yeah but but like not so much that you were forced i think you were forced to play like one or two games of it right but then it was kind of like a yeah go ahead do what you want i just remember really liking it and i don't remember what it was because i hated sports games like you know i never <laughs> played like a fifa or anything like that yeah um i also was never really a final a fan of final fantasy and just something about it just clicked and i just started getting better at it and really enjoying it and then, like, Titus Jack shot half court, score points all day. Like, that's it. Like, gosh, that's I, crazy I don't know. to me. It, because when I think about, I like to think about these mini games as they kind of apply to the world and kind of the implications of spending time playing this sport or doing any other sort of mini game as it is in the world. Because I'm like, there's. It doesn't you, progress you. Like, you, you have this you have this journey of like what well, you have to essentially transport yuna to this place right you have to like get her through her pilgrimage or something like that and she's there to destroy sin right like i think that's what she's there for. yes 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 <laughs> sure <laughs> but like i think it even might be her dad like i maybe yeah i i don't know it's the game the game was like so linear and so grindy for me i i just i couldn't get into it. i love i love a lot of the final fantasy titles but not that one but anyways i'm just thinking about times and games where you're just spending your time doing all these ridiculous things and you know you have this like world ending threat that you should mm -hmm. be worrying about but the game is like you know time is at a standstill basically and nothing's happening. It's like I remember playing uh, Fable 2. Fable 2 is one that I kind of spent a lot of time kind of like min-maxing my characters. And yeah. kind of the way that you make a lot of money is by doing jobs and stuff. So there was like an evil dude that you knew that you had to confront. But you're just spending your time chopping logs and being a bartender. <laughs> right. And just doing all this stupid stuff and like getting married and having kids and whatever. And it's just... I don't and know. he's just like in his tower waiting for you. He's like, is he coming? I don't know. Right. Or like you're playing Breath of the Wild and Zelda's been like basically locked in a way with a fight with <laughs> Calamity Ganon for like, a, what, a hundred years? And you're just like, sorry, Zelda. Like, you know, I got the Master Sword. I took out all the Divine Beasts. But man, you know, I, I got to get my house. I got to... I gotta get gotta my like all these seed my boys. weapon storage. Yeah, I gotta find the Korok seeds. I gotta I gotta build up the town. There's Listen, that town I'll, that I'll one get place to gotta build it. up. Yeah, like don't worry, I'll get to you eventually. Like you've been there a hundred years, you can probably be there a couple more. It's fine. You know, it's just I don't know. It it's always been funny to me that games never like 
take that into account or most of the time it seems like they don't i i also don't know if it really sides to the fact of like hey we had this idea for a game that never made it through so now it's kind of like the side thing you can do if you like because some of our developers thought it was cool have fun with it if you want or our game's not inter interesting enough try adding in as whatever like throw more at you to keep right. you playing you know that kind of that makes me think of the progression i was going on too because originally i thought of just jrpgs and the games that they have whether it's like snowboarding in seven or Blitzball in 10 yeah. or triple triad in eight triple triad's actually really awesome yeah but um and then i was thinking about like western rpgs like fable and what i was talking about there and then i was thinking about mmos and i was thinking about how mmos are just like time sinks in general and then they yeah. also have all this like other side stuff to do like um dark moon fair dark moon, yeah like... dark moon fair i remember when i came back for um legion and i don't even know how long pet battles had been out at that point but i saw the pet battle thing I'm like holy crap we have pokemon right in this game now it's just like it's when massive. did this happen it's yeah and it's super in-depth and crazy i'm just I don't know. It's it's interesting to me because I, I don't know if it's a good thing that the developers spent so much time and energy on like these mini games and these and the side stuff. And it's like in one sense, it's cool for a game that you spend so much time in to kind of divert yourself and to do something different, you know, to blow off some steam or whatever. Yeah. But I'm also kind of thinking about how I play games these days and my time is limited. Yeah. And it's like, I would just rather have a complete experience or if I've spent enough time in this one game and I have the option of like grinding out some mini games for some stupid reward or something like that, I could just go to the next game. Right. You know what I think would be interesting to see is if Blizzard made things like pet battles on mobile. That would be cool. Like, like if you could do some of the smaller activity events on your mo, not like events, because like, I feel like you couldn't do any of the Dark Moon Fair or like Brewfest or anything on on right. another device, but things like pet battles. Because remember when I don't know, I don't know if you can still do the garrison stuff on your phone in Legion. Um, I think so. But you know how you could do like the missions and send your people out and get right. your resources and stuff. I think like pet battles would actually kind of fit pretty well on a mobile device, and I th I think it would be kind of neat to be able to do something to kind of progress yourself, but while you're not at your computer. I think that's where a lot of people are games are going to go towards is how do we keep you hooked in to our platform to our game, right? Well, it's it's crazy because these days people are coming out well developers are coming out with so many different ways for people to play their game when they're not you know Playing like the at, yeah when they're not in yeah. the primary place how do i say this like like if i have a switch it's not like in my dock and i'm right. playing on the big screen i can like take it out and i can play wherever or right, right. you know i can play hearthstone on the computer or i can just play it on my phone and it has all the functionality it was crazy to me that you showed me the Steam link on the Man, phone. That's really neat to me. Like, you still have to be on the same wireless network. Yeah. But it's going to be able to work that way. And I think it'll work. I mean, for me, I'm pretty excited because then I can play games like Stardew on Stardew Valley on my phone 
when I'm upstairs with my kid, if I have some time, you know what I mean? Right. Um, because like for me, I don't play a lot of games right now unless it's at like nine o'clock at night after my kid's gone to bed. And then it's Claire and I are trying to decide are we going to watch something? I'm going to play alone. What am I going to do? So like idle games are really popular for me right now because I don't have a lot of time. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's silly, but that's just kind of how it goes. Right. But I think the tech is, it's interesting trying to be able to expand your library to a wider area that you can use it yeah it's it's pretty meaningful because like when i found out that being able to like play use my playstation vita to like play my playstation 4 games yeah and being able to link that up all of a sudden i was playing either games that i had already played through before or games that i had downloaded and just not gotten to it's just it's kind of just because you can right yeah it's it's much more convenient like sometimes caitlin is like using the the ps4 or you just using a tv out in the living room from something else mm -hmm. and i can still play off of that so it's no it, it's pretty crazy and people people value you know ease of access that's i know a lot of people were really waiting for stardew valley to come out on switch just so oh, that for they sure. could have it on the go. They can play it on the on the bus, on the yeah. train, on the way to work. Like, yeah, it's perfect for that because it's separated into the days and it's you know it's very easy to kind of. And break it's not that stressful. You know what I mean? If someone bumps into you on the train or like you have to put it away because you have to deal with something, it doesn't like it doesn't affect anything. Right. There's no high level aspect of like, oh man, I'm not min maxing it out. Like there, you can, yeah. but it's not that type of game, right? Yeah. So. So, yeah. Um, oh, so we're gonna play Blitzball in Las Vegas. I get it. Yeah, I mean it's. I don't know. I I'm never gonna understand Blitzball. I the thing is, I I was interested in Final Fantasy X because, the uh, the music is really good. I mean, most mm -hmm. Final Fantasy music's really good. The music's really good in that one, but the um. I forget the name of the track, but the rockin' track when you have the CG at the beginning and like Spira is getting messed up. Yep. You know, like that that is like one of the coolest it's real scenes ever. It's super awesome. That was the only reason that I was super interested in ten. And then I was just kinda yeah. And I didn't I didn't understand Blitzball when I first played it. I couldn't understand it. When I don't I know why I did, but I it stuck with me for years, man. When I when I played when I started playing through the game uh not too long ago, it, it made sense now. But but back then it I don't know. I I'm lucky I stick I stuck with Final Fantasy honestly. The first one I played was eight, and eight is such a divisive game in the series. So eight was the first game that I bought for my computer, <clears throat> and really? and it wouldn't even run on my computer. My computer wasn't <laughs> good enough for it, so I had to like sell it to a friend of mine. Oh, gosh, yeah, it was so bad. But um, yeah yeah all right so do you want to go into the news about cliffy b or what did you want to yeah talk we about? can talk we can talk cliffy b and then we can talk about my thing all right so yeah so the thing with cliffy b honestly like what i wanted to talk about wasn't really more so about cliffy b but kind of the reaction to all of the, all of that crap right but basically super popular uh gaming like icon 
you know, on the development side of things. He was with Epic, you know, probably most well known for Gears of War, um, which I loved. I played the oh, original what a so great, much. What a great game. Yeah. It was so different when you play it. I'll never, I'll always remember the first chainsaw kill you get. <laughs> like, it, it was just so cool. That, and you're the, just like, yeah. this is the greatest. This the is the curb coolest stomp. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. There's just, the game is so, it was so heavy. Like, everything that you did had a lot of weight to it. Um, and it felt really good. And the fact that it was in third person, it made mm-hmm. it, like, pretty cinematic. You know, especially with, like, all the execution stuff, the chainsaws and the curb stomps and all that stuff. It was just, it was super cool. And you were, and, you yeah. were always fighting against, like, this overwhelming force. Like, I feel like every time you did something, you never thought you were going to win. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was always overwhelming. Like, it was so dark and visceral. You were just like, this is a, more? I can't. I can't do more. This is too much. I always felt like you were always just, you were always fighting as hard as you could to keep going. And obviously, like, I'm sure it wasn't that hard to move ahead, but it always felt that way. Did you play it in co-op? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's how I did. I played it with Bill and split, uh, split screen. Yeah. That was, that was so good. It was so yeah. much fun. The best way to play it, I think, was with another yeah. person. I miss that so much. I miss the couch co-op days. Yeah, well, I Claire and I play... I keep looking for new coach co-op games to play with Claire. Um, it's it's so. I don't know if it's like a nostalgia piece of like sitting on the floor of your friend's living room playing a video game together, or if it's just the concept of playing something with someone who you can see. It's probably you know both. what I mean. Yeah, I mean because I I mean when I think about it, it it's more. It's more just being able to react with the person in the room and just being able to right. like, see that and feed off each other's energy like right there. But I think it's also a nostalgia thing just because it's how we kind of grew up it's, playing games. Yeah, that's how we did it. That's so I, I think it's a bit of both. And because you just you don't experience that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so so Cliff Blazinski, he's been in and out of the development scene. He came back to found a studio and i guess the game that they're working on was um law lawbreakers it was a boss key productions they made a game called lawbreakers he made his own studio and basically like he got a bunch of funding and investors from around because of who not because of who he was but like in order to get money like people have to know who you are and what you're capable of and people were like cliffy b gears of war let's see what you come up with yeah right i mean he i mean he has a lot of good work behind him it's you know it i don't know people have different opinions on him i i've never had a negative opinion about him um no i don't think so but i don't know it's i guess the interesting thing to me is that um the game the game kind of flopped for whatever reason i don't really know much about the game at all i just know it's not it didn't pan out well and Mm the studio shut down and he had to lay off a whole bunch of people there so basically once that happened there was a polygon article about that kind of just about that event happening about the studio shutting down and then just kind of about how 
a little bit about Cliffy B in general. I guess to me, the interesting thing about that article was the response to it. Because you had a lot of people kind of jump in to kind of defend Cliffy B. But what I was surprised to see is the whole like gaming journalism is ridiculous. This is just like a cash in piece or whatever. It's clickbait, all that stuff. Right. And even to the point where like, you know, Cliffy B on Twitter, he kind of lashed out against the article as well. And I don't know. It's like for a long time, I wanted to get into video game journalism. Like I read um, Electronic Gaming Monthly and their website was oneup.com. So I kind of grew up reading articles from there. Um, I'd also read stuff from like IGN and other sites. But like I, I got to like I became familiar with the authors of these articles and mm. the people who appeared in the videos. Like I knew these people, I knew their names and everything. I knew how they wrote. And it was to the point where like, I was excited to see certain articles written by certain people. Right. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's just, I don't understand the mindset of like, Oh, like lol video game journalism, you know, not real journalism, stuff like that. I just, I never understood that. I never understood why that was the thing. And I guess part of it is just kind of how it's taken a long time for video games to kind of come to the point where it's somewhat recognized as an art form. You know, I still feel like it has a long way to go until it's serious. Like until mainstream think yeah. of it as, as an art form. Because I think a lot of us already play, like I play games more for the experience than for the game like i won't play a call of duty game because i don't think i'll get something not like cerebral out of it but you know what i mean like they i want more out of a game than just than just like a, a shoot 'em up or a beat 'em up type thing right yeah it's you're kind of looking for like a story or to get some sort of like value or yeah for message sure message out of it or something like that like and the that's... new gears the, the new god of war game completely is is something i would be into if i had a console i would i would play it right away oh yeah um i think it's just those are the types of games where i'm like i want a tight gaming experience if there's combat i want it to feel good and i want to keep moving through it i want i want to feel like i need more of it mm -hmm. and and gaming journalism i think I don't think it's a bad thing. I think people need to write articles because, again, like, I wouldn't buy certain games if I didn't hear certain people talk about them. And I want other people to experience things before it gets to me so that I don't waste my time and my money with it. But I know, I kind of know what some of these people mean in the comments because there was, like, I don't know if you remember when um, Cuphead came out and there were those developers who are the art gaming journalists that were basically couldn't get through the tutorial and they wrote this article saying that the game is just so hard and and it's just he couldn't do like an air dash to get over this pillar in the tutorial and it took like seven and a half minutes yeah or the concept of people always saying like this is the this is the dark souls of uh like isometric roguelikes you know what i mean like using some of these catch-all terms or or some coin terms i i can see why people think it's like clickbait but I don't know. I still think it's definitely an art form and articles should be written and should be read. Yeah, and I guess 
part of it just kind of comes with the internet too um right as much as i want to believe that the internet is mostly full of like sane intelligent people who are there to have like intelligent conversations and a kind of build off of one another i just forget that it's just i mean i don't want to say the internet is full of a whole bunch of trolls and nothing productive ever comes from the internet but i mean but there's a lot of that there's a lot of it yeah and and that's always kind of disappointing to me not that i don't appreciate some of the trolling and the memory you know every once in a while but like i don't know it's it's just hard for me because like i was i remember reading these articles way back in the day and actually like learning things about the industry i remember getting insight mm -hmm. into the industry and kind of making me think about the industry and how things are evolving and you know when i when i would read an article that jeremy Parrish would write he was like one of my favorite articles i just mm -hmm. i knew that if he was doing a review for a game i would probably my views would probably match up with his yeah. um so if like if i got that game i knew i'd like it if he liked it and i might not like it if he didn't like it stuff like yeah. that and it's i don't know i just i wish people would take it more seriously because i feel like people don't realize how much work goes into this stuff sometimes and that's not to say like like some of the stuff out there is definitely clickbait and some of it's just easy easy money it's just easy you know views and stuff like that and i get it mm -hmm. um i just had a thought about it i think it's just the way we've progressed at absorbing our content like hmm. articles uh, in in this polygon article i feel like for me or for not really me because i really do like reading i feel like the majority of people want to watch someone something they want a video article they want a youtube video of either like 15 minutes of gameplay in the background with someone talking over it about the game and a written article has sources it has links to different art like other articles and the sources to those and it really helps flesh out the whole thing but people don't want to read it i feel like people want to watch and listen and an article a well-written article doesn't in my opinion transfer well to a video audio kind of piece do you know what i mean right yeah it, it i guess it depends on the type of content because if you're doing like a review you know like that's i think that can translate over pretty much one-to-one -one. yeah for sure if you're doing but like, like this cliffy b article like i yeah. don't think you could do like a wrap-up of this article in a video format unless it was like and behind an anchor desk you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i and i really don't want it to go that way no can we can we talk about the the, the thing that i sent you from this article just because i i'm really intrigued by this comment so in the polygon article there's a a comment that says we've now reached a point where people who play games are more famous than those who make them yes i and love that line it's That's so such good. A good one and it's too real in some cases i mean i yeah. fall into the trap where i don't know who a lot of people are like the miyamoto's and of the world i don't know a lot of the developers of the games that i play that i love i don't know people who worked on the team i don't know who any of them really are 
Right. And I, but I could tell you probably three or four streamers of <laughs> the games that I like to play myself. And it's so yeah, weird it's, to me. It's, it's crazy, right? Like, I don't know. I, I, I always like to think about how I thought about video games when I was a kid. And mm -hmm. I always like to bring up like Minecraft, how when Minecraft was first coming out, you know, it made sense because it was basically just like Legos on the computer. But then to see how there's like Minecraft merchandise and crap like that, like that just blows my mind. Like I never would have yeah. thought that would happen for video no, games. No, not at all. And then thinking about, you know, I when I was first getting into the internet and kind of like discovering that, it kind of blew my mind how there was like video to watch on the internet. I know that that's like weird to hear now, but like that was <laughs> yeah. actually, that was like a part of me. Like I, I had that experience back then. Um, I'm a little older than I sound, trust me. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it's crazy to me. It, like, I never would have thought back then that people would be watching other people play video games these days. Um, I mean, well, like, just to kind of like, I remember, that. I remember going to turn like video game tournaments to watch people play games. Um, and like, that was really cool for me, but it was still smaller. Yeah. Well, what I was thinking is, like, when I used to have people over at my house or I'd go over to someone else's house, and maybe we either... There was, like, a super popular single-player game that just came out, or maybe it was, like, a multiplayer game, but we just didn't have enough controllers. Whatever the reason. But mm -hmm. say that only, like, one of us could play at a time. I remember always like hating being the one watching. Like I never right. wanted to be the one watching. I wanted to be the one playing. So that's kind of like, that was kind of my mindset back then. Like I wanted to be the one playing the game or, you know, I wanted to, I want, you know, well, really that was just it. I wanted to play the game. And I, I feel like I only really watch people who play games that aren't the same. I don't know. I can't really find myself watching people play a single player game it doesn't draw me as much as like a competitive multiplayer game i don't know why maybe for the same reason that you feel because if i'm watching someone play god of war i'm thinking to myself this is cool but i wish i was experiencing this and then i get i get pulled away from it well i don't know i i like watching both i would say i actually gravitate more towards streamers who play single player games so variety streamers um yep. and i guess for me um in most cases i don't play the games that the streamers do play so and that could be for different reasons maybe i don't have the system that the game is on or maybe you know i'm just not going to get around to buying that game because it's not like super high up on my radar but i'm still interested either in the game or i just i like the streamer enough and he's they're like interesting enough that I just want to mm -hmm. watch the streamer anyways. But um but for the games that I have played through before single player, it's interesting because it kind of gives me the ability to vicariously get that first playthrough again. You know, I get to experience someone else playing the game for the first time. Right. And that's kind of like the magical moment you know the magical time of playing a single player game it's the first time through because everything is new you don't know what's going on 
um, you know, that sort of thing. So, so I can say that one of the points for me when I used to stream playing video games, um, when I was playing Bioshock Infinite, and the last hour of the game was the highest I've ever had on a stream, which was like I had 26 people watching me. And it, it was crazy to me that, uh, first of all, being me having 26 <laughs> people watch, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds absurd that that's the amount of people that I'm excited about but at the time it was like I had like maybe five or six consistent people watching me yeah so 26 people and I've still gone back and watched that clip of when uh, have you played through Bioshock Infinite uh I've I've watched people play it. I mean I watched you play it okay and I've so watched other people the, play it so yeah the very end when Elizabeth is like falling through the hole and her finger gets cut and that point when it the story like just like clicks and my face at that moment, I, I've still gone back and watched it. And I, I get why people watch streamers play yeah. a game like that for the first, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. you're like, They're like hoggers. <laughs> right. But maybe you haven't also seen this part yet. So you experiencing it with this person, it's kind of like going to see a movie with a friend. Yeah. Right. Like going to see uh, infinity war, which I haven't seen. So please don't spoil it. But obviously like things happen in it yeah but like seeing it with someone else as opposed to yourself is you can like kind of look at the person and be like oh what like it's so (laughs) it's just so interesting and it grabs you right so i get it yeah it's it's just crazy i i never would have imagined and i don't know like thinking thinking about how like you know back to what you said how the developers you know aren't as popular as a streamer i don't know it's that's that's also weird to think of as well it's like everybody knows who the author is of the harry potter books mm-hmm. you know and it's kind of the same thing like you have your medium you have the book the thing that you're consuming like the content right. is the book and you know who created it the author you know jk rowling mm-hmm. so for me it's kind of like it's funny how people don't realize that with games i i feel like for some reason people knew they know who publishes it right. or maybe like, well it's because it's good or bad i think like they're like yeah like, uh, like... uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, you know what I will or say, activision also in... you know they're just treyarch you know they just in that they're just same so vein, though, like the witcher series you know what i mean like i know cd project red is the one who put out the games and and i'm like yeah i'm in but the games are based on a set of novels from a, a writer, and I don't know who that person is. Andre, which is... well, it's like so yeah, in Polish. It's... It's, in Polish, it's Andrew Sapkowski. Some, yeah. yeah, but like I, I don't know anything about him. I've never read the books, but I know that CDPR put out these games. You know what I mean? Like it's there's something i think about the medium in which you want to experience it where you get tied to certain things mm-hmm. and i guess if you're watching a streamer play through a game you're just you're like oh man like you know crip uh, is really good at hearthstone like i know <laughs> i mean that's a bad example because like it's blizzard but <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah so bl- blizzards it's just one of those that everybody knows about but now, one thing I will say that I don't like about the concept of knowing the people who play the games is that it's very much changed the landscape for getting games into people's hands. 
you find I find that more times now when a new game comes out they're sponsored content with these big name people because the developers know if I get these people to play this game on stream I'm instantly it's gonna like the pre-sales are gonna pop off right right and it's like that's not bad but I feel like it's also kind of artificially inflating the sales numbers yeah it... and it's not because like you and i can see through it i think you know what i mean like when i see yeah. people playing sea of thieves i'm like oh this is cool to watch i'm never going to buy this game but it's cool and i like obviously people got free keys like no one none of the popular streamers playing the game paid for it they were all yeah. given keys for it and i think that for other people who just tune in, I don't want to say like the younger audience or whatnot, they see their popular friend, I say friends, but like the popular streamers who they watch every night playing this game and it just drives numbers. And then after the game goes live and the person's not paid to play it anymore, it's done, right? Well, I, I kind of, I don't know if I should have this confidence in, in people, but I kind of do like, when Sea of Thieves first came out, because you brought that up, I was watching four people play it. It was like a team of four people. I, mm-hmm. it, was, it was Co-Carnage and basically three other popular streamers he knows. Yep. So the, these guys are like... I mean, Co is like in the thousands, you know, yeah. for viewers. And his other friends, they're up there too. Mm-hmm. So you know they're they're going hard they're like super rping it and um you know like one of the guys is in like a full pirate get up and he's like using naval terminology and all this stuff i love and it 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 was really fun to watch because it was really funny and they were trying to do really cool stuff and you know they were they were just failing at 90 percent of it there you know there's some awesome moments and stuff like that and it was really cool i feel like the average person is kind of able to categorize that, you know, watching like that Twitch multi-stream of that right. and be like, this is like the 1% of this right. game. Right, my, this my is, experience will not be this. This is the WoW, like, Mythic Raider, whatever. This is right. like, this is the person going for world first, right? This is like nobody else is actually going to be able, going to be doing this. So, right. I like to believe that people can have that mindset, but at the same time, you know, I'm I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure people see those streams that just like, man, that looks so fun. Boom, they just, boom, right. like Buy put it. their sixty bucks down, and then they come in and they get their like little their little dinghy, and they're going out in the sea, and they're just getting like wrecked. Right, single player yeah. boat because none of their friends bought the game they just bought it because they watched co buy it yeah. or play it and then they're like this isn't like that yeah and and no and you know no like not bashing co or anything i actually think co no, no no yeah co's actually pretty, pretty good. good about it i think yeah. he's he supports things that he like has faith in. i think he's pretty transparent about stuff you brought up crypt too um because I feel like Crip's one of those guys that plays a lot of the card games that come out. Right. And he gets sponsored by that stuff. And, you know, I always wonder how many people kind of jump on to the board, you know, onto the bandwagon of all the games that he plays. And to be fair, most of the games that he does play, they're like free to play. 
so it kind of yeah. doesn't matter anyways but but that's beside um, the point i also love crib but and like um day nine is one of my favorite people to follow oh, yeah. and he's i i don't know i i don't pay attention to like some of the content he puts out is is sponsored or not because i just like him as a personality but it's the same thing i i like watching it for him and i mean i've probably bought games because he recommended them whether that was a sponsored recommend or not i don't know but he seemed like he was enjoying it when he played it which in my mind was like i'll probably enjoy this yeah and i think i did like i'm i'm sure i did and then and then that's kind of you know it brings it back to journalism then it's like what's more effective like putting your game into the hands of like a journalist who is going to play the game and try to write something you know as objective as you can about it but still you know it's a review so they have to put their mm-hmm. opinion into it and everything and you know worst case scenario you have the um the cuphead thing where right. they can't even get through they it can't even get through the tutorial or yet. do you put it into the hands of a streamer who you know is ha- one has a big community and two if it's a specialized community like say if whatever it's a, like a souls streamer yeah like they just play souls games and dark souls remastered you know boom there's yep. a key and you know that's getting everybody hyped up for dark souls so it's like what's more effective now probably the streamers because you know i feel like people one they have more faith in a streamer inconsistent numbers too right the the numbers are there yeah i mean i don't know like how much traffic polygon or ign generates i'm sure it pulls it in but like streamers get hours like hours worth of eyes on screen for your content daily yeah it's just the the money for the marketing it just is obviously going to these live stream people right and And you see it even with not video game things right you have people who do like makeup reviews and stuff if and they get hundreds of like millions of views on youtube if you just send them new like eyeshadow and they try it on their youtube video people are going to see it and people are going to buy it like because you get to actually see the person. I think that's the thing is the seeing is believing mentality where I can read this article that is like perfectly quaffed about a video game and using great words and great links and, and references to things, but like actually watching someone get through that first boss fight in um, God of War, you know what I mean? How he like hits you through the house and stuff. Yeah. Like, like seeing someone's experience to that, you're like, oh my god i'm in like the, look at his face when this is happening like he lo- like he loves it so i'll love it it's really hard to kind of portray that emotion through writing right and you know it's people just you know they trust streamers if they're already in the yeah. community it's it's just an easy you know there's always there's already that trust there's always that um they have that commitment to that person but when it comes to a uh when it comes to a video game journalism site, you know, there aren't a lot of people like me these days who recognize, you know, these authors to them. Mm. It's just a headline. And then it's probably full of some BS or something that they don't believe, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're just going to go into the comments and troll and stuff like that. Or click on the headline. What's the score out of 10? Cool. Right. What are your highs? What are your lows? Bite. Like, yeah. And, and that doesn't do it justice either. So it's, no. I don't know. And it's a shame. Like, I, I can understand 
you know, these days, I probably do spend more time watching people stream than reading articles. And that's surprising to me, considering how much time I spent, like, reading articles online and reading print articles and magazines, too. Um, mm -hmm. Like, that's, that's what I spent most of my free time doing when I wasn't playing video games and, like, doing school or whatever. But now it's, you know, if I want Dark Souls information, I go watch Brandon or Ty streams. Like, if I want Hearthstone, you know, I'm watching Crip or Trump or, you know, Day9, you know, yeah. Kibler. So it's, I don't know. It's it's different, different times. It's, I don't know. Journalism's just not doing well in general. Yeah. <laughs> it's... And, and the world's the world's changing right people are yeah. absorbing their content differently so yeah Hey guys, Antman here. Just wanted to chime in and say a few things before getting to the last segment of this episode. First of all, Carson and I both want to say thank you for listening to our first episode of Scatterbrained. Technically, we also have the pilot, episode zero, so if you listen to that one, we appreciate that as well. This break will be a little different since I'll quickly talk about the idea behind Scatterbrained and the plan for the podcast going forward. Um, next time we'll have normal breaks, so just bear with me for a few minutes. So the basic idea behind Scatterbrain is to just talk about cool and interesting topics related to the gaming industry. Um, our plan is to always talk about something currently going on, but to also spend some time talking about an overarching theme or idea, like a genre, games, video game music, um, a publisher, or a developer, you know, you get the idea. And of course, as per the title of our show, we like the idea of our conversation going in crazy directions and going off on huge tangents. It's just kind of how we do things. So the plan going forward is to have an episode be released every two weeks. We're going to drop a few episodes right at the beginning just so that there's a decent amount of content to go through at the start. After that, you'll get an episode every two weeks unless something big happens that messes up the schedule like E3 coming up, which is what we're going to talk about next time. As far as topics are concerned, Carson and I are very much interested in what you guys, the listeners, want to hear us talk about and discuss. Uh, these can be the overarching topics, they can be recent news stories. Um, just leave us a comment and let us know what you think is interesting and what you guys want to listen to us talk about. And yeah, I think that's about it for me. Thank you again so much for listening. We know your free time is valuable and we're super thrilled you decided to spend some time listening to Scatterbrained. We really hope you enjoy it. Oh, and one more thing. Be sure to stick around until the very end of each episode. Sometimes I'll put some fun stuff at the end, so just be sure to listen until the very end. And now, back to the show.
All right. You wanna you wanna talk about my last thing? Yeah. All right. Wait, are you? I feel like you should talk about what you're drinking. I feel like oh. it should be a point to always talk about what we're drinking. So literally, I just had whatever was left in my bottle of Di Sirono, which is like a an almond liqueur with just pop with Coke. Um, sorry, I say pop because that's the way that's what that's what it is. It's not soda. It's pop. You see, I I like Hi everyone. Welcome welcome to the video game podcast where two people are, are literally on opposite sides of the world from each other. Well, that's not I mean we're on the same I know. continent. We're in, we're on the same continent, yes, but like the we're... thing the thing okay, so so Carson lives in Canada. I live yes. in Florida. We might as well be on opposite ends of the earth, you know. A little bit. Yeah, in some ways. But the thing is, I like to believe that I am in a fairly intelligent and understanding American. And with that, I understand that we do a lot of things in really dumb ways. <laughs> One of those things being the metric system. <laughs> yes. Um, or our lack thereof. And I will say, to me, pop makes more sense. Like I don't know why we call it pop. It's literally what it's doing. But the thing is, is that it's not just a Canada thing. Like, it's basically split in the U.S. as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, Caitlin's from Indiana. They call it pop there. Oh, okay. Like, I, I don't know how it's split exactly i don't know if it's north south thing i don't know if it's like east west i'm not sure but Hmm. um yeah but i mean in florida it's soda but you guys also drink it for breakfast like maybe not you but claire and i when we went to disney people were drinking soda for breakfast no that's okay that's a mistake first of all okay (laughs) like guys if you're drinking soda for breakfast you need to rethink your life okay like (laughs) There are so many better things you could be drinking for breakfast. If you need caffeine, like, get some tea, get some coffee. If you don't like tea, like, you need to get some different tea, because there's good tea. (laughs) Um, If you need to, you can put some sugar in it. You can find a tea that goes well with milk. If your milk has some sugar in it, if you have, like, I don't know, like, vanilla soy milk or something like that, whatever. Whatever you have to do. But, like, tea can be good. Don't drink soda. No, no soda for breakfast. No soda for breakfast. That's just a mistake. Okay. Yeah, Do- I don't care where you live. Doctor Ant, man. Doctor yeah, Ant. No man. soda for breakfast. No. I just like how can you drink soda for breakfast? That's. I don't know, man. It was weird to me. I mean, so I I hardly drink soda. Every now and again, I'll I'll crave a soda. It's kind of like fast food. Like I never eat fast food, but yeah. sometimes I'm like, man, Taco Bell. It's just. It, it would hit the spot right now. But yeah, soda soda for breakfast is not a thing. But yeah, pop. Like I, I feel like it should just be called pop. It just makes sense. Okay. It's what it sounds That's like. That's what we'll it's call pop. it. But yeah, so I'm just drinking uh, a liqueur with pop. Okay. Yeah. That's... Yeah, I mean. Uh, how, how is the beer? Are you, or how far are you through it? Hopadillo is pretty good. I'm about halfway through. I've been trying not oh. to drink too much to, uh, you know, just. I get I don't it. I pounded mess it. Things up. You pounded it. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. It's the only way to pocket. It's Hopadillo IPA from Carbock Brewing in 
Houston, Texas. It's pretty good. Nice. Um. Okay, so now that we're past the the booze corner, um, yeah. and Doctor Amen's second. Doctor Doctor Amen's medical advice. We're, he's not actually a doctor, but please stop drinking soda for breakfast. Yeah. Um. If you learn anything from this, that is the main um, takeaway. So, this is going to be in in full scatterbrain fashion. I'm going to tell you how I got to the question I'm about to ask you first. Perfect. So, I don't know if you were following trending YouTube videos or not. Uh, I spend a lot of time actually following kind of YouTube trends and and seeing what's kind of blowing up on the internet. And Childish Gambino came with the new hit. This is America. Have you heard it? I have the not. internet was like blowing up about it. It's really good. It's I don't know. It's like rap, like hip hop rap. I I don't think that's kind of in your wheelhouse. Um, no, I I basically should have been born in 1960. Yeah, that basically should tell you about all my tastes. But yeah, right. But um, it it blew up like it's crazy. So uh, Childish Gambino is uh, Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino. He's um <laughs> an actor, a comedian. Uh, he's he's so much uh he was in community he's going to be lando in the new han solo movie um and oh like, he's, he's that guy okay yeah See, i had yeah, no yeah, idea yeah. what was going on until you just said that last one yeah, right right so um <laughs> so he he was like a sketch comedian he did um Derek comedy back when youtube first launched and it, it like, just so good um and then he started putting out like this rap music and his one album because the internet is super good i love it um, and then he got into community and, and it just kind of rolled out from there. And now he's going to be Lando. So his music video, this is America is like just taking over. It's just got some great imagery from my side because I don't live in the country that you live in. So like, it's really right. cool for me. Um, for someone who lives there, you might be like, that's a little too real, but yeah, I'll have to um, check it out. I haven't seen yeah. It. It's yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Um, so I got on like this tangent of, uh, Donald Glover, Ch Childish Gambino stuff. So while I'm at work, I like to listen to different music and I like to listen to like podcast or like video interview style stuff. So I can't remember who put it out, if it was like Billboard or if it was something, but it was this round table of writer comedians. This is before, like this is probably like six, eight months ago, this article, this video came up. Um, John Favreau was the head of the table. It's got um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the writer of the Broadway show Hamilton. Probably can be no Donald Glover is there. And then two other people who I don't really know. One of them is a YouTube person, and one of them is the producer of that musical movie that had Ryan Gosling in it. And I can't remember what it's called, but it won an Emmy. I can't. I don't I know. Feel I feel like remember I should. Is, wait, is that The Greatest Showman? No. Is that what that is? Okay, that's not. No. Okay. That's the no. only musical I've seen recently. I have to. I, I have I'm to awful with it. actors. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Quite I have terrible to. I have them. to quickly look this up. La La Land. Okay. So it's, I haven't yeah. seen that, but I've heard of it. It, it won it, Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling. It won uh, six Oscars. Yeah, Super I heard good. a lot of people cried. Yeah. Um. So they're they're going around the table and. They're talking about like kind of how they made their start and um, just how people perceive them. And especially Donald Glover, like he's this actor, he's this sketch comedian, he's this 
rapper. He's this musician. Like he does so much. He wrote the show Atlanta and he, he wrote and he stars in it and it won awards and it's very well written. People say it's one of the best shows ever written. And they made a comment where I, I'm going to misquote it. I apologize, but <laughs> that they which is like the story of everything I do is a misquote, <laughs> but the, the concept of realism and in in television but this is what's going to bring it back to what we can talk about is what level of realism is good so the show mm. the show atlanta is based in atlanta and donald glover plays i think he's a drug dealer with his brother and it's how they kind of work their way through and they're making music and there's drugs involved and stuff but people question them on it because they write it so real but he's like it's just a show like he has to explain to people like it i just i just write it like i just want to write something that's interesting to people and there's this there's this point in content that gets created video games music videos uh television shows where it's either literally the realest thing you've ever seen it's on the bleeding edge of realism or it's not right. and th this realism kind of overlaid with fantasy or not real is something that people like i don't know if they just buy into but when i think about video games like the level of realism in a game is what people want um detroit almost human or whatever it is the new game that's coming out for playstation yeah like it look did i say that right is it detroit almost human i can't um... remember it's detroit something something <laughs> yes who is that by it's the um was it the quantic uh, dream yeah, it's or the, quantum yeah it's dream? the alan wake people i think i quantic think it's the people dream. that made yes alan it wake. is quantic dream that's the that is the company behind it um but david like, cage yeah there we so go so the the concept of a of a game that's super real but not where where do we fall and, and why do people really like either the realist of real or the not where do we fall like i like all of it per se i kind of like a mix of both i like the idea of like a cyberpunk dystopian world where it's pretty real but there's obviously some not real aspects to it but yeah. i just don't know how you feel about the concept of realism in video games yeah oh my gosh that's i love this topic i was not i was not prepared this is like hey you told me to surprise you with something no but this is this is such a deep topic i love it there's just so yeah. much to go into it's like i i mean i'm in short i'm like you i like both um it definitely depends on different things like different moods you know sometimes you're just in in the mood for something else um, mm -hmm. one thing or the other for me i feel like in general for me i would lean more towards the unrealistic okay. side of it because for me traditionally video games have been a means to escape from reality not not like woe is me my life is terrible right. but just like it's clearly not life it's clearly not real life you know it's it's separate it's very distinctly separate um and so i can carp 
compartmentalize it and I don't have to think about real life stuff and it's whatever, I'm playing a match in Dota and spending half the time getting mad at my teammates or I'm just playing, um, I don't know, like Final Fantasy and it's just, right. and parts of it are real, like the environment's what about, really good. The interactions what about the new really Final good. Fantasy game? 15? Yeah, because it was like kind of re like you were driving around in a convertible. Yeah, that there that's, were monsters. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking about. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, it's because you know you have the fantasy aspects. You have people teleporting around and all that stuff, shooting fireballs and things like that, and monsters. And then you have the very real and the honestly like the very well done and realized you know interplay between you know, the four dudes going on the road trip and it's, it's really great. You know, the interactions mm -hmm. between them and all the things you do. And, you know, there's like an event when you camp on the beach and in the morning, like your, your swole, like your swole bro is like, Hey, let's go for a run because yeah. it would be good for us and stuff like that. And it's just very, yeah, I don't know. That part is very real. And it's like, it's, you know, sometimes like that you do get games that are, that kind of meld both qualities i would say now, that that's probably not super common but even that can be nice so for me in thinking about it it's tough to just paint it with one brush and i kind of forced you to so i apologize but <laughs> in thinking about it i think that graphics wise i lean towards more realistic quality of graphics like yeah. I want to see well developed water and physics and and like um I never played it. God, what's that like mech animal kind of Assassin's Creed type game for the PlayStation that came out? I I know what ago. you're talking about. She's got like a bow and arrow and the animals. <laughs> I know the protagonist's name is Alloy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why can't I think of the name of the? This is yeah. what happens. We're at this point of the show. Um. So I really don't know. In, and I own a PlayStation 4 and I haven't played yeah. it. Yeah. So like the way the grass moves and the snow reacts to it and, and whatnot, that's really cool. I feel like voice acting needs to be very well done for me in games to really enjoy it now. Like there needs to be some aspects that are very realistic in the sense of the, I think I, I equate realism to quality. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's just in in my mind, like, I like to hear good voices in a game. If the game is just text on the screen, it's still enjoyable for me, but I like to hear people saying the words. Hmm. Now, for the story, I can lean kind of any area of the spectrum. I kind of like it all. Um, the Deus Ex Human Revolution, those types of games, I really liked it because it was kind of on that not quite full fantasy not quite realism you know what i mean right it's, it's the it's, near future this is like right. a believable outcome not full yeah. dystopia you're gonna get cyborgs in the next 20 years type right gosh that's terrifying yeah man our cars are driving themselves gosh. um yeah and planes that's kind too that's thanks to amazon that's, that's creepy but um, um I think I think it's interesting how you said that um well you said that realism kind of equates to quality. Yeah. So, here's my here's my take on that. So, I'm I'm a musician. So, 
I guess in a sense I'm an artist. I mean, I I've dabbled oh, literally look at in you. Well, okay, hold on. I <laughs> you you made our podcast intro and you've got oh an IMDb Oh my page. gosh. Well, hey, I play drums too. I've recorded music. All right. So, get off my back, Carson. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so like, you know, I've done music. I've and I've dabbled a little bit into like a literal art, and drawing, and that sort of stuff, and graphic design. So a whole bunch of other stuff. But mainly, what I've learned from music is that sometimes less is more, and also you know, you kind of have to play to your strengths and you have to really figure out what you're trying to create and you kind of need to focus on that because you can have like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you have to realize kind of what the game is trying to do and for like the developer or the development team, you know, the artists and the programmers and stuff like that, they have to realize what's necessary to kind of make their their game click whatever that might be like for god of war you know they focused on the relationship between kratos and atreus and right. they fo they made the game so that it was one shot one continuous shot and they really i heard about that and it it's, i can't believe it it's very effective that game is a is a technological and artistic marvel like truly it, it's great i can't believe that game plays the way it does even on a regular ps4 like it, it really? blows my mind yeah it's crazy but that that game was so effective at realizing what it was trying to do and it focused on it and while i might not agree that like the end result was as effective as nearly everybody else thinks it was i have to admit like what they did with the relationship between Kratos and Atreus and kind of building that up and having the story be shot the way it was and how you experienced the story, like how it was presented to you, it was phenomenal. Uh, from head to toe, from the visuals to the sound and the voice acting to the motion capture, you know, to just the art style of the game, it it was great, you know, just how they set that up. And I guess what I'm tr ultimately trying to say is, you know, it's, I guess to me, like, I don't have the same view that, you know, realism is, is like, it equates to quality. Right. I guess, like, I think of indie games, for example, you know, like, right. like indie like, games aren't going to have the AAA budget, so they're not literally going like to be Undertale is still one of the, one of the best games yeah. made, like, and, and I, I think those are more outliers to me. Oh, yeah, and it's. Well, because, you know, it's an indie development team. is like a small group of people. So really, it kind of depends on one vision and your small group of people being able to do it. And I guess, I guess in a sense, it's, you know, it's hard for a AAA studio to do that as well because you kind of, you have the director kind of pulling everybody together, but you have a huge team behind yep. that and somehow you have to coordinate that. So I guess, I guess it, there's different challenges depending on whether it's indie or triple A. But the point is, is like, depending on what type of game it is, you know, it's going to decide what it's trying to do. And I guess ultimately it kind of depends on the user and what they're looking to get out of the game. And ultimately what right. the game is trying to give back to the player. And, and it's just, you know, how effective is it at, you know communicating that to you mm -hmm. and then 
just ultimately like what's the quality of it in general right so that's my take on yeah. it and it's hmm. oh man i'll i feel like i could talk I think, about this topic forever yeah i There's think so i think we i think we can talk about it in another episode i just i thought it was really interesting in hearing people talking about it in movies and it it also kind of comes back to like the cliffy b thing with the sense that like people put where, where do video games get put on the spectrum yeah. right do they fall on like movies a cinematic experience do they get put into like a sport i mean it's all of it right there's like yeah it, there's it fits on so many different places in the spectrum i mean i i remember being a little kid and my parents kind of like getting on me like oh aren't you getting too old for games and stuff like that and you know, a lot of people, a lot of kids in my situation would tell their parents, like, you know, you're just sitting on the couch watching a TV show, right. and it's ridiculous, and then you get commercials in the middle of it, and it's like you're not even, like, interacting with your medium, you know, you have no imagination, there's no creativity, and, like, you know, and, like, playing God of War and, like, combat i basically it's like your way of creativity of your way of expressing yourself within the game world you know like you can't do that mm -hmm. with a tv show so right so you know there's there's that aspect but then like you said about how games can be like a sport you know literally we mm -hmm. have esports now we have games that play out basically like interactive movies you know you have the quantic dream games the games by david cage like detroit um like heavy rain which is basically like playing a movie and you get to kind of put input into you know the characters you know so it's i think so many different places seeing, that it fits there we're seeing a different part of video games right now that is going to be changing things um like the the Fortnite is bringing in so many viewers, but also mm -hmm. so many people from around the different spectrum of people themselves that is really putting an eye on the fact of people play video games. Yeah. There was an article I saw that was like, Fortnite, uh, in quotations, addiction is becoming a problem for some baseball players. <laughs> and like that just it, it makes me laugh because i'm like first of all that you're just you don't understand video games you're writing this article but also <laughs> like people play them and it's just that they're way more like popular now it it, it really surprises me how i can kind of like get into a conversation with i don't know the bagger at my grocery store because i yeah. have like a video game shirt on and he's like oh yeah. what video games do you play i'm like oh whatever you know i'm playing through god of war I've uh, been like getting back in a while and he's like oh I play a lot of Fortnite or whatever like yeah. it's it's actually surprising like it actually comes up a lot I'm actually surprised at how often people say like they're playing Fortnite not that I think it's a bad game or anything it's just no you run into so many people who are playing this game now and it's just crazy how prolific video games are these days yeah it's, it's literally great. everyone's playing them yeah it is super cool it's you know unfortunately I think that people always played them it's yeah. just we didn't talk about them. yeah the culture is becoming more accepting and you know unfortunately there's still going to be that that crowd that that elitist crowd you know the og gamers that are like oh we're very 
include or you know we're exclusive like we don't want new people in we want right you know we're just super hardcore we just want you know no noobs all that stuff but it's it's mm-hmm. it's really cool no it's really cool that we're getting new people and it's like new more people playing the game it just makes more people you know want to create content um more people that create content is more advertisement for game developers and that just means more games and the more that people feel like they can invest in the medium the well the better the medium becomes hopefully so it's it is it's really cool that's awesome all right i think i think we wrapped it up Welcome to the Scatterbrain Podcast. We're just a couple of boys who talk about video games. Uh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I read ahead. I can't, I can't read ahead. Right. All right. Try one more time. And then if not, then I'm, I'm just going to keep going after the mess up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Scatterbrain. <laughs> I can't damn it. This is too much. This is too much. I've had three sips of alcohol. Oh man, yeah, it's too early in the game. All right, all right, hold on. You do it. Yep. I'm not. I'm not. We're not spending an hour on me tripping over my own words. Welcome to Scatterbrain. Wait, eight. Eight. (laughs) I'm muting. No, don't mute. No, you can't (laughs) mute. Not muted. All right. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a few seconds. Oops, stop laughing. There was like video to watch on the internet. I know that that's like weird to hear now, but like that was actually that was like a part of me. Like I, I had that experience back then. Um I'm a little older than I sound, trust me. Uh but gosh, I lost my train of thought. Oh god damn. <laughs> You had that's to tell good... everyone how old you were. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that I can edit, so. Hey guys, Antman here. Just wanted to chime in and say a few things before getting to the last episode of this segment. Wait, that's backwards. 